This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. It is your favorite time of the week. It's a new episode of your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I am your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fabulous and fantastic producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And uh, Tarika and I are so excited. Number one, let me just say this. Every bit of magic that you will feel on this podcast, I had absolutely nothing to do with. Um, Tarika, <laughs> Tarika. put it all on me. And um, <laughs> our host, who we'll talk a little bit about in a minute, Felicia Hall Allen, um, I can't even just say enough about the job they did in putting together this special episode. It's special because we are celebrating one thousand career coaching victories for C. Vivian Stringer. That's right. Coach Stringer joined the 1K Club on Tuesday night. Um, and this is actually a two-part podcast. So right now you're listening to part one, um, which features players of Coach Stringer. We've got Mati Ajavon, who played at Rutgers in the Final Four, Essence Carson, who played at Rutgers uh, in the Final Four, Cappy Pondexter, two-time WNBA champion, um, Karen Pye-Drawn, who actually was a starting point guard for Coach Stringer at Cheney State, and Katie Abramson-Henderson, who's the current head coach at UCF, uh, but also played for Coach Stringer um, at Iowa. So this is part one. But we have two parts. Um, the other part of our podcast is going to feature uh, John Cheney, who is one of the mentors for Coach Vivian Stringer. Um, when she was at Cheney State, he was the head coach there for a long time. Um, Jolette Law, assistant coach at Rutgers when they went to the Final Four, is now at South Carolina, but also played for Coach Stringer at Iowa. Uh, Marianne Stanley, who has been a guest on our show, who was an assistant at Rutgers as well when they went to the Final Four. And then Dr. Christine Grant, who is a legend, um, especially around uh, advocacy for Title IX, who was a longtime administrator at Iowa and hired Coach Vivian Stringer. Lots of stories to tell, lots of things to share. And in particular, you know, I, I often reflect on Coach Stringer's time at Iowa because I remember a story someone told me about how they were recruited by Iowa and you got to think of this African-American woman head coach, um, which there weren't a lot around at the time. She started in 1972 um, at Cheney State. It was a little slippery rock before then. But, um, you know, there weren't any a lot of African-Americans at all at Iowa. And here it was. Coach Stringer arrives, the head coach. Dr. Grant will reflect a little bit on that decision. But and then had to recruit other African-American women to come and play in Iowa. I mean, imagine going on your visit and just from a cultural standpoint, um, what that was like. And then Coach Stringer also talks about how when she got to Iowa, there were probably 100 fans in the stands. And I believe she quoted 22,000 at one point at a game um, in Iowa. So she's well known for what she did there. But anyway, uh, we're going to be celebrating Coach Stringer on this podcast. She's the head coach at Rutgers currently. But as I mentioned, previous stops at Cheney State in Iowa. Um, she became the fifth Division One head coach in women's bas- college basketball history to reach 1K wins, joining Pat Summit, Tara Vanderveer, Gina Oriema, Sylvia Hatchell. If you have not heard those episodes where we um, gave some love to those coaches for their 1K, please do so. Uh, we also interviewed Division Two Barbara Stevens, who hit 1K last season as the head coach at Bitley University. So um, you can pull up 1K if you're feeling fruity. Um, if you were watching the game, uh, the 1K game on the Big Ten Network, 
uh, last night. What a time it was. I mean, the victory again came against Central Connecticut at the rack, um, but it was just a job well done by everyone on the pro- on the broadcast production crew, uh, administrators at Rutgers. The crowd was full of so many people that love Coach Stringer. Her family, Don Staley, was there. Um, Don, obviously, one of only two African American women to win a um, <clears throat> national championship at the Division One level for college women's basketball, joining Carolyn Peck. Um, Teresa Edwards was in the crowd. Carol Stiff of ESPN. I mean, Danielle Donahue, so many faces and so many people in lives that Coach Stringer touched. Um, they had paintings and giveaways and videos of Kobe Bryant uh, giving love to Coach Stringer. Whoopi Goldberg, um, the NBA TNT crew. Those guys gave Coach Stringer some love. So it was just a well done. Shout out to the administrators at Rutgers, everyone who had something to do with putting that celebration together. Uh, very well done. Um, but I think the thing that sticks with me personally, oh yeah, let me just say this. She did get a tweet from Hillary Clinton as well. I don't know if you saw that, Sharika. That's um, <laughs> She did get a tweet from Hillary Clinton. Um, but the one thing that stands out to me personally is just that Coach Stringer started coaching 46 years ago and what she's done for African American women. And, um, she was very good friends with Pat Summit and that's someone who she speaks, um, very highly of in terms of her as a mentor, as a friend, just how close they were. But, you know, you think about what these women sacrificed and how they were the first and how they pushed and how they pioneered for us to have everything we have for the sport of basketball right now. But for me, just um, Vivian, Coach Vivian Stringer's life was not easy. Um, just the amount of adversity that she had to face almost seems unfair. Uh, you probably know about the death of her husband, Mr. Bill Stringer, um, who was near and dear to her, who was a driving force in her life. Um, you know, her daughter fell ill and, um, you know, just tremendous hurdles to overcome with her care and, 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 and those kind of things. It just the number of things she's had to persevere through are tremendous. And you'll just hear the impact on this podcast that that strength had on so many people across the board. Um She's just inspired me so much. I get I get emotional just thinking about it. Tariqa, I, I don't know what you would say she meant to you, but to me, she is one of the most impactful figures of our time. I think that to me, she embodies what it means to be um, a strong African-American woman in times where that strength isn't always recognized by everyone. The, what sticks out most to me is remembering um, what happened in the 2008, 2000. I'm sorry, the 2007, 2008 season when her team was publicly ridiculed by a radio host and the way that she was able to stand up and stand for her team and basically say, you know, to the world where I should be celebrating something that I've been working almost 30 years to have. I'm here having to defend the honor of my team and I'm willing to do that because we're worth it. And, you know, just being able to to see her um, go to bat for her not only her team, but for all of us, for every young black girl who's ever been in a situation where, you know, they were stereotyped or looked at less than what they were. Um, I think she embodied what that, what it means to be able to, to stare, to stare, not necessarily danger, but just to be able to look amongst a crowd and say, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And this is what we're going to do. And whether you like it or not, we're here. And I love that. Absolutely I mean- loved it. I mean, it, it's, it's, 
when you have when you're responsible for a, a, a nation of women, right? Because she has impacted not just her players but people. Um, it, it's just widespread. I can just think about Oprah. Mm-hmm. You know, she was on Oprah. What did Oprah say about her? Oprah was in awe of her. Like her impact, it, it has been tremendous. But then the the personal tragedy, the the rejection, you know, she talks mm-hmm. about not making the cheerleading team, you know, her first time trying out, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just so many things that happened. And, and, and even especially during those times in the 60s and 70s, civil rights and Title IX, her coaching before Title IX even came into play. So mm-hmm. we, you know, Tariq and I aren't going to spoil the greats of this podcast, but we just wanted to. Thank Felicia Hall Allen, first and foremost, who is one of the great orators, in my opinion, of our game. I mean, if you've never heard her speak, she just she's magic. That's really the way I describe her. Right. She's magic. <laughs> um, she's technically the president and CEO of Felicia Hall Allen Associates. She played for Coach Stringer from 87 to 91. But um, Felicia's impact on the game is widespread from her work with coaches from a step up, which is um, a, an assistant and head coach training program that she has every May where she just pours into the future of our game. Uh, she worked once worked at Nike, um, just growing that aspect of the game for women's basketball. She is a lawyer, which I always wanted to be a lawyer, but at least is much smaller than smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> but she's a coach's agent. She just touches our game uh, so many ways, but I just one thing Tarika and I are going to do more of is let more people have a voice on this podcast. Like I love being the host and, and I want to talk to and connect with our fans and Tarika does as well, but it was just fitting for Felicia having played for coach Stringer, having known her so well for her to be the voice of this podcast mm-hmm. and the host it. And we're going to do more of that. We actually are, are looking at having some WNBA players come and host some around the rim during college season and possibly direct and help with content. So we want more people to be involved with, with what this podcast looks like and how it's shaped so i'll shut up now because sarika's gonna say i'm talking too much for an intro um we hope you please check out part one and two but now let's please celebrate coach c vivian stringer hi my name is felicia hall allen all of my closest friends call me cd and so does coach I met Coach Stringer when I was just um, a young woman with a dream. And um, when I met Coach Stringer, she talked to me about her dream of winning a national championship. And she said to me, she said, Felicia, if you buy into my dream, nothing will prevent me from buying into yours. And I will do everything humanly possible to help make your dreams come true. When she sat in my home and our home visit, I said I wanted to be an attorney. And Coach Stringer made sure that that happened. I had to do the work, but she made a phone call to the Iowa Law School and said, look, I have a student athlete who has well over a 3.0 GPA. She's been active in student life on campus and on the homecoming court and in a sorority, and she wants to be an attorney. What do we need to do to make that happen? When I got my job at Nike, Coach Stringer was the one who talked with Sue Levin at Nike and Howard White at Nike about me being a part of the staff after Beth Bass left to go on to be the executive director of the WBCA. And after six interviews, I got the job. Coach Stringer pushed all the way. 
And then when I got to run a WNBA team, she was my biggest cheerleader. That was my dream job. And then when I met my husband, Johnny, she said to me that I had found my compliment in life and that Johnny reminded her a lot of Mr. Stringer. And for everything great that's happened in my life, from my graduation to law school to being there on my wedding day, not just being there for the graduation from law school, but hosting a party at her home. And then um, I remember when my grandmother passed away, who had been the most significant figure in my life, that morning I get a a phone call from Coach Stringer just she's more than a coach to me coach stringer is everything that i've always wanted to be and then some and i feel grateful that it has been her honor and privilege to be a stepping stone and to be um someone who elevates others so that their dreams can come true yeah, I, I would say that it would be selfish to think that, you know, that it's all about a national championship. But I think that Coach Stringer, her wins far exceed what she's done on the basketball court. Because for every young woman that she's coached, from Cheney to Iowa to Rutgers, she won in all of our lives, but not just our lives, but in the lives of the people that we all have gone on to touch. And so we always say three teams, one family, one CVS family. And when she was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame, we had a three teams, one family celebration to honor her. And she bought the Naismith trophy and she had everybody to come and touch the trophy. And she said that a piece of it belonged to all of us because we all made that happen. Her husband, Bill Stringer, made me believe that there were men in the universe who could love a strong black woman, a strong woman with a vision and a dream and clarity and who could lead. Her children have been selfless and her family, her brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews are all a part of the extended CVS basketball family. Fred Grottinger hired her at Rutgers. Dr. Christine Grant hired her at Iowa. I'm not sure who hired her at Cheney, but what I do know is that all of them positioned her on her assignment because coaching has been more than just a game. It's changed a lot of people's lives, and Vivian Stringer changed the trajectory of my life. And that's why when LaChina called and Tarika asked if I would moderate this podcast. I was honored. So I hope that the stories and the messages that everyone has an opportunity to hear about Coach Stringer and Coach Freeman and Michelle Edwards and Kathy Pondexter, who considered herself the future before there was a chance that we would even get to see her as a future. I mean, Kathy and Tasha Pointer and Linda Miles, and there's so many names that could be called. Stephanie Schuler and Chelsea Newton, one of her favorites. And I mean, just so many. 
because Stringer's touched so many lives, Courtney Locke and Heather and Andrea Harmon. And, I mean, it's just so many people. We all consider ourselves sisters, and though Coach is not our mother, I would say that we all are proud to call her Coach. I'm really excited to share that we have Mati Ajavon on the phone, a WNBA player. Mati has played with the Washington Mystics and with the Atlanta Dream, and who knows, I could be missing a team, but what I do know is that wherever she was playing, she was competing because competing is what Coach Stringer always required. And Matisse, one of the most talented players to ever come out of the state of New Jersey. And I know that Coach was really excited. Um, Jolette was recruiting. Coach Law was recruiting Matisse. And Matisse helped lead Rutgers to, I think, a Final Four, right? Correct. And a national championship. And a national championship game. So, La, la, la. Good job. Mateen, you know what I would want to know from you? This is kind of a fun question. Okay. Based on what you know about Coach Stringer, if Coach Stringer was a superhero, any superhero, and she had superpowers, who would she be in terms of a superhero, and what superpowers do you think she would have? If she was a superhero, I thought she she was. (laughs) Okay, well, tell me about the superhero that you know and the superpowers that she has. I think she's Wonder Woman. I think she's every superhero, Superman, male or female. Um, she's just that amazing. Um, Coach Ryan has been a pivotal um, person in, I think, a lot of our careers when it comes to, um, you know, competing and, um, you know, being a pro, she taught us that at an early stage, and I think it's something that follows the Rutgers girls, so to say. I would agree with you completely. And so I remember when you guys went to the Final Four in Cleveland, and we had that situation with Don Imus and Oprah Winfrey. I remember Coach being on Oprah, and at the end of the interview with Oprah Winfrey, Oprah said to Coach Stringer, Vivian, you make me proud to call myself W-O-M-A-N. And I was like, you better say it, Oprah. But that was a, like you said, that was a big moment. And Coach Stringer gave you guys a voice. She gave you ladies a voice. What do you think Coach Stringer taught you all in that moment about your voice? Um. Coach Trejo used to have this saying when she said, never settle for crumbs. Um, Never let anyone, you know, make you feel mediocre. Never undermine yourself. Always feel as if you're it. Um, And when you see Coach Stringer walk, she walks like she's it. She talks like she's it. And, you know, she, (laughs) yeah, she, um, you know, she tend to pass that down to us as players and as um, young females. So, she was a, you know, a, a, a great role model for myself. Um, she helped mold me to the person I am today who loves to give back and um, also um, never do anything um, without it being 100%. So, um, and for sure, never better for crumbs. So I definitely got to thank Coach Trainer for that, and I hold myself to a high standard. 
I absolutely love that, and I think you're right. She forces us all to live at a higher standard. I think that Maya Angelou in her poem, Phenomenal Woman, says she walks like she has gold mines pumping in her backyard. She does. You're absolutely right about that. How, what was it about Coach Stringer that made you want to stay home and play at Rutgers? Um, I think she was that caring, um, you know, even for some of the girls that didn't, weren't from New Jersey, you know, they always got that family, family atmosphere. Um, she was like our second mom. And, you know, even though she will run us to death, um, <laughs> she will always, <laughs> she always cared. And I think that's what Patricia brings to the table is what, you know, Rutgers illustrate. So, um, I'm proud to say I'm a Scarlet Knight. I love that. What is your favorite Scarlet Knight moment? Like your favorite moment as a Scarlet Knight? What what oh, what man. was that day? What was that moment? It's so many, but I think the one that I could really remember was when we beat um it was uh tournament time in oh seven when we um we beat uh Duke. We beat Duke in uh Green North Carolina. We were the Greensboro region and um I remember Duke beating us by forty earlier that season, uh December of that season. Um I was coming off of a major injury and uh at that time Coach Rainer told us she was probably I mean, we were probably the worst team she ever coached in her life. And uh, away from us, we couldn't go in the locker room. We couldn't do anything. And uh, beating us by forty, and then us coming uh, during the NCAA's when it was the one of the most important games of our lives at the moment, and beating them by one uh, off a missed free throw was like, you know, that was like one of the most memorable moments of my life. That was probably one of the biggest turnarounds that they had ever seen, and they probably yeah. thought it was a setup, a setup of failure, considering how badly the team had lost and the way that you all came back. And that was actually the Elite Eight. That was the game that took y'all to the Final Four, I think. Yeah, yeah, man. No, it was. Um, that was the what's that? Oh, was that the Sweet Sixteen? That was the. I believe that was the Sweet Sixteen. But it definitely set the tone for tournament, though. That set the tone. We we knew because we got over them at forty points, man. Nobody was touching us. Wow, that is so like that. That that's just so special. That's so special. I think my next question for you, uh, Mati, would be um, because you are one of the modern players. And in terms of this C. Vivian Stringer era, my question would be, coaches had a lot of players to play in the WNBA. Why do you think you all have been so successful in the WNBA having played for Coach Stringer? Because uh, of mental toughness. Uh, we know how to withstand uh, whatever obstacle comes to us. Um, you know, we take that, you know, the Ironman situation, for example, where it was probably one of the most important moments of our lives. And to have that very important moment taken away from us, we couldn't, you know, um, we couldn't um, 
it was something that couldn't be taken away from us. So, you know, we just had to move on from it and, you know, behave as professionals at a young age. And, um, you know, that's what, like I said, that's what Coach Ryan signified in us. And, and mental toughness is one of those things that she instilled, she demanded. And I still, you know, I still, whether it's in life right now, we still are able to withstand the situation that is thrown at us. Talk a little bit about the whole team unity thing. That's something that she's carried from Cheney to Iowa and Rutgers. What does team unity mean to you? Um, it means everything because um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is these are the group of women you're spending your most time with. Um, you're going through battles. Um, you know, you see everyone at their ups and their downs. Um, it's a sisterhood. So, Coach Ray always stressed that to us, and we embraced it. At at a um, even during that final four, we embraced it. It took a lot of willpower for us to realize that that's the only way we would win. And once she was able to get that to to us, and we believed in it, there was no going back. So, sisterhood. Um, means everything um and coach Ringer, you know she did a great job um making that the solid way i love that i also would say that um justin and david and nina made a lot of sacrifices for us with their mom and sharing their mom with us if you could say anything to just to david justin and nina from her players, what would you want to say to them? Man, um, number one, I thank God for creating a special woman like uh, Coach Stringer. Um, you know, they have a very, they have an angel, and um, she will forever be remembered as that uh, into the game of basketball and to, you know, the young women that she um, made a difference uh, in their lives. So, um, you know, <laughs> all I can say is their mom, their mom is phenomenal. Enough said. Your mom is phenomenal. And I'm like you. I thank God that we were fortunate enough to be able to say that she was not only our coach, but she was like a second mom to us. And I want to thank you for your time today and for your insight about who Coach Stringer has been to you and for you. So you take good care of yourself, sweetie, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Felicia. Thanks for having me. We have with us Karen Pydron, who played on Coach Stringer's team at Cheney State University. Um, we've talked to several players, but Ty is one of Coach Stringer's players who got to know her when Coach was just a few years older than the players that she was actually coaching. So Coach has gotten her legs under her. Um, she's figured the coaching thing out, and she's the head coach at Cheney State. Top 10 program when you come in, and your group, goes to the Final Four twice. You play in the first NCAA National Championship game. Tell us a, a, a little bit about Vivian Stringer, the coach. 
Vivian Stringer, the mentor. Talk to us about who she was. So upon being recruited, you know, um, spending countless number of hours being recruited, talking to her over the phone and stuff like that. And at that time, I believe David, I think David was born my freshman year, not my senior year of high school when she was being, I was being recruited. So we pretty much came up with Justin, I mean, um, David and Nina. And, uh, and of course, Mr. Stringer. So she was very family oriented, still is. But in terms of coaching, and at that time, I believe she was teaching, um, as well as Mr. Stringer. And let's just say that I stayed away from their classes because I knew how <laughs> intense they were. Um, they, the, between the two of them, they talked really, really fast and really direct. And um, according to some of the players that did have to take their classes, you better be prepared once you walked in whether it be in a classroom setting and or on the basketball court. So um, I stayed on the basketball court, and that was it. But um, she was very – I think that was my real first full understanding of how to break down basketball in terms of um, not necessarily watching video or anything like that, but as a point guard, she expected me to lead, and we would have what we call classroom um, – settings and stuff like that, and depending upon the number of plays um, you were responsible for, you had to break down every position, not by just talking, but you also had to demonstrate that by way of, you know, drawing each play out, what the options were and stuff like that. So um, you had to understand and know exactly what she wanted to get out of, you know, each play. So that's that's who she was. So it's... You know what I really like about what you just said is that um, in order to be an effective coach, you have to be an effective teacher. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like teaching was at the core of her coaching philosophy. Yes, and and I believe it still is. I mean, you know better than I do in in some regards. I mean, once you point your finger, (laughs) it's just, okay, (laughs) this is what she means, and uh, this is what she's trying to get across, so yeah. You know, I think what I love is that in addition to teaching us plays, she taught us so many other things just about just so many other things about how to be a woman. Um, mm-hmm. If you wanted to get an idea of what it looked like to be a wife and a mother, what right. it looked like to be a sister and a friend. I mean, she was always teaching so many lessons. What What was the moment you knew that having Coach Stringer as your coach was going to change your life? Um, it wasn't necessarily a particular moment, but it was really um, the recruiting process. Um, you know, you wanted somebody to sort of like help you be away from home. Love the game that you were playing, but it was a, a real good fit for me in terms of the, the size of the school. But because you were leaving your family, you went to a family. And once you have a family, they help shape and mold you. So. Um, when she was recruiting me, it wasn't always about basketball. And to be honest with you, it was not really about, about about basketball at all. I mean, we would just call and just talk. And so you developed a real close um, friendship, and you just felt comfortable. And that's how I knew that's where I wanted to go. And um, it was all these little sayings, whether she was, 
you know, putting together a tape or a CD or whatever about um, songs that were inspirational to her, inspirational to her, or um, just talking about her family, her upbringings, and when she went to school, or just watching her relationship with Mr. Stringer and so on, and, and her family. So she made us a part of her family, and uh, she helped mold us into better people. I would agree with that. You know, Cheney is where Coach started, Slippery Walk and Cheney, kind of where she got her start. What is it that you think you and your teammates would um, would want us to know about the time spent at Cheney? Because you all overcame a lot to without that experience at Cheney and all of the hurdles that she had to jump, I think that the the coach that we would have today would be, you know, very different. But I think that those experiences early on probably had a lot to do with the perseverance that we see today. What, what do you um, think I, about? Go ahead. I agree that that you know you being able to you know overcome obstacles, but everything is relative. So what may have seemed impossible back then, you're within your current time frame, and you look at it and you deal with it, and you carry on things from the past into the future, into the present, and you learn mm-hmm. to 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 change and adapt. So her early teachings. She brought some of those to us, but at the same time, it was our current state, and that's what we had to deal with and so on. So you don't forget the past, but you take a little bit and you move forward. And that's absolutely what she has done and the strength that she has shown and all of that. I thought it was so beautiful last night. The Cheney State alumni and the players were there, and it looked like y'all were about 20 strong or 20 deep, and just the smiles on everybody's face. It felt like they should have been playing in the background. I don't know if it's the OJs or who it is that sings that song, <laughs> A Family Reunion, because yeah. it really felt like a family reunion with the three teams and one family, and she took the time to have the players from each of those respective teams she brought out front last night after the game. And she spoke to each group of people. And then we all took a picture together, kind of bringing together the theme, three teams, one CVS family. What does it mean to you to be connected with so many exceptional women who coach has had an opportunity to touch, even those that you don't know, like you and I don't know each other, but I always feel connected to you when I see you. I think it's, it's, it's sort of like um, a family tree. So you have the person who's the mentor and um, you have the, the trees, the fruit that are, you know, of that tree and we're all from one person, and it's the game of basketball, it's the game of life. And each time she may bring somebody back from um, one school or a past player over to talk to that struggling kid who's trying to get to someplace better. Words of wisdom, you know, you know, um, carrying them, letting them know, don't give up. 
each one teach one. And I always reached out to the point guards because that was my position. And just last night, I talked to a, a point guard who that I knew was I had heard of who played at Cheney, who I got exchange phone numbers with her last night because she lives in Connecticut, that I'm going to call, go have lunch. And then I reached out to Tasha. I hadn't seen Tasha in a while, talked to her about her family, and I remember her being included, I mean, being there as a freshman at Rutgers and going over and having lunch with her and talking about what she was going to experience. And then each and every time that I did see her play, I would have a little conversation with her, not necessarily about basketball, but how are you doing? And so women stick together, and I think that we encourage each other, and I think that's what Ms. Stringer tried to get each one of us to do. Not that one team is better than any other, but it's this game of basketball. It's this game of life. And we just want to share, you know, what we can for each other. From each other. And, you know, that's interesting, too, because the Cheney players called her Miss Stringer. And then by the time she got to Iowa, we were calling her Coach Stringer. So even that was an evolution in time. I think I'm I'm kind of consumed with with this person, with this woman, with this coach, with this teacher. And one of the things that, and watching and taking everything in last night, what was your takeaway from that entire experience, her capturing her 1,000th win and the confetti all over the place and thousands of people in the building you said you got home around 2.30 this morning, and I think I got back to South Carolina a little bit after 3 this morning. And I woke up with this incredible feeling of just being consumed with love and gratefulness. What was it that you walked away from last night's ceremony and experience feeling? Well, it, it was somewhat overwhelming because uh, first off, you got to come together with former players from all three schools, whether you played with them or not, and to just have everybody there ready to celebrate this woman who helped guide us through college, through the game of basketball, and ultimately through life. You only want to see the best for her. She only wants to see the best for us. So the fact that we can get there and share a couple of stories, um, I wrote down with uh, two, two um, alumni from uh, uh, Cheney, two guys who wanted to also experience it, um, that win. And so it wasn't just about the players, but it was about the community that she's involved with, wanting to see her just do well. And um, I oftentimes think about, uh, think about, the championship game that we did lose and it sort of replays back in your mind. If I had only done this or, you know, did that or case might be, she probably would have gotten to that 1000 probably a day earlier or whatever the case might be. So you, you sort of think about those kind of things and uh, you just want the best for her. And it was really, think- really a, a, a wonderful feeling again, just to see everybody there. You're looking saying, Hey, that person played for that school or whatever that's doing such because, she tells a thousand one stories about the different players that she's um, um, <laughs> over the time. Yeah, I mean, you've heard it all. Well, if this person did that or whatever, and not that anyone was better than anybody, but you hear the different stories. And I don't know how she does it, but she does. 
I don't know how she does it either. And one of the things she always would say to us at the end of a game, if we lost the game, it, it was never really about whether we won or lost, but how we played the game. She always right. focused on how we played the game and how there was a, a standard that we had to hold ourselves up to. And it was just so special to see so many people who have who made the choice to hold themselves to a different standard and who were fortunate enough to have an opportunity to call C. Vivian Stringer coach. Mm-hmm. And right. um, that was really special. And to see a coach in the video, the tribute video, that I know that she has been really fortunate and blessed to have had an opportunity to work with at Cheney State, and that was Coach John Cheney. And anything you'd like to say about their relationship? Oh, my God. It's funny again again. I'm car with two guys last night. We are talking about that. And uh, KJ, uh, Keith Johnson, um, he was one of Coach Cheney's players, and he was also a coach. And uh, back then what we did was we would all, the, the, the men and women's team would actually practice different drills together. And, of course, you know, they would oftentimes cook for us. So their relationship was profound. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking possibly that between the two of them, probably just talking X's and O's all over the place, strategizing and stuff like that. But um, the fact that we would practice together was phenomenal. Uh, And it was just amazing because what you had were two great coaches, but the ability to speak and the storytelling, you would just sit there and be mesmerized and say, okay, I can, I can. It's like a little choo-choo train. I can, I can, I know I can. <laughs> That's what you got on a day-to-day basis working with the two of them. And when they got together, they were scary. A beautiful thing. So it was, it was great. And I think I really, I really like about that is how Coach Stringer is a very strong woman in her own right. But I really love that we had an opportunity to witness her demonstrating respect for, for men she demonstrated a tremendous amount of respect for John Cheney, but the respect she had, adoration and love displayed for her husband, Mr. William Bill Stringer, is something that I will always cherish for the rest of my entire life. I don't know if there's another um, husband to a college basketball coach who was so at peace at supporting and loving and elevating his wife. So I'm I'm excited that you got to see Mr. Stringer and Coach Stringer on the front end of their relationship, and I got to see it on the back end, and it just was confirmation of what love really is. So I want to thank you, Karen Pye Drawn, for your time and all of the ladies at Cheney State University who got this thing started along with the ladies at Slippery Rock. And I'm grateful for the ladies that I played with at Iowa and those who were there with Hawkeyes and for the ladies from Rutgers University. Coach said that her 1,000 wins are a combination of the hard work that we all put in. And so we are all grateful and blessed 
to have been witnesses and to be participants in the experience and the journey to 1,000 wins. I hope that you all have a fantastic day, and thank you for enjoying and being a part of this podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, We were fortunate at the time that I was coaching where the mindset of the NCAA is, was if you want to be the best, you have to play the best. And certainly there were no divisions. You can play division. uh, You can be 300 students and play division one. And truly, uh, I mean, Cheney, who was uh, where I first started, we had, what, maybe two or 3,000 students. And heck, we were playing, uh, you know, Tennessee and uh, Maryland and Penn State and all the rest of it because what we knew is it really didn't matter where you come from. It, 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 it is where, you know, where you're going and what you do with what you have. And as long as they have five and we've got five and they've got a ball out there and we've got officials, let's play. I am excited to have Kathy Pondexter, who was the self-proclaimed future of the WNBA while she was still in high school in Chicago at Marshall playing for a Hall of Fame coach in her own right, Dorothy Gators, is with me now, and Essence Carlson, who is a native of the state, uh, the Garden State of New Jersey, and decided to stay home and create, help to ensure, shore up from the bank that Rutgers would remain a top power in women's basketball. So, Essence, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. Both are WNBA All-Stars in their own right and competed and won WNBA championships. So, thank you all for being here. Two of Rutgers' finest. So, uh, my thank friend, you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I also just found out that both are residing in Los Angeles. So L.A. is lucky to have two of the best to ever play the game, calling it home. (laughs) So, ladies, my first question for you is when Coach Stringer came to recruit you, what was it that made you decide that this should be the coach that you should um, send your talent, invest your talent with in um, New Brunswick. What made you decide that this was the coach that I should spend the next four years playing for in pursuit of NCAA championships and Big East championships? Man, um, for me, uh, it was – you know, it, it, she gave up the whole family atmosphere. You know, it was, it, she was very family oriented, uh, and I, I like that. Little um, workers wasn't too far from home, but at the same time, I was going to be heading into a new phase of life, and you know, pretty much walking in to uh, a, a totally new family. You know, which was the team, and I needed to feel comfortable, and especially at that time in life where I was just, a, you know, super introverted and didn't really talk a lot. I just needed to be around people and around someone that I can truly trust, um, you know, outside of basketball. And then, you know, on the court, she was, you know, at that point she was already one of the greatest ever, you know, coach the game of basketball. So I knew that I could get the best out of my game if I went there. Um, and, you know, I could learn the most, um, you know, from her. Thank you, Essence. 
Kathy, same question. Um, I mean, you know, like for me, my experience was so unique because, like, I was considered a, a high school phenom coming out of Chicago. Um, back then, you know, like, I was heavily recruited by UConn, so in my mind, that's what where I was going. And then my mentor at the time, Tasha Pointer, she had decided to go to Rutgers, which turned into me meeting Coach Law because, you know, I was around Tasha every evening playing basketball. So when I met Coach Law, I was like, yo, she's like, she's so cool, you know? And then after that happened and I had experienced USA basketball, all of a sudden Rutgers is in a picture now, you know? And it's, and it's, and it was truly because of Coach Stringer, you know, her infectious, um, energy and vibe that I got from her just from the the moment I got on the phone with her to the moment that I saw her at um, my high school games, my AAU games to her taking a home visit. I was just like, you know what? Like this, this, this woman is special. You know, it's just, <laughs> you don't even have to say many words. You feel her energy. You feel her love, her genuine spirit right away. And I think from that moment, you know, I just knew that that's where I was meant to be, to be under her arms, to be taught by her, because my mom is the same way, and it, it just resonated. I just like, yeah, it's the perfect place for me to be. You know, there was no questions about it. You know, a lot of people gave me a lot of backlash for not going to UConn, but I think at the end of the day, um, in this moment in time, they're realizing why it was important for me to go to Rutgers and how special Coach Stringer is. Kathy, I think that you could not have said it better. When Coach Stringer walks into a room um, or anyone important walks into a room, their aura consumes that space, and you know that they are important. And so I would agree with you completely. So, you know, based on what you all both just shared, what do you think is Coach Stringer's strongest personal quality? Because both of you talked about things that she has um, shared with you, things you've learned from her. But when you think about her in totality, what do you think is her strongest personal quality? Wow. I mean, her ability to persevere is definitely her strongest in my eyes. You know, um, she's been through so many things throughout her entire life that you would think that a woman, a woman, and her profession would probably step away from the game um, to give herself some time, um, and, you know, or step away from the game completely. But she actually used each of those events that happened, you know, throughout her lifetime to to motivate her and to thrust her even further into greatness, um, you know, whether it's battling cancer and not saying a word about it, um, but still showing up at practice, showing up at the games, you know, you know, right after driving a couple hours to to Philly for treatment, and we wouldn't know. You know, um, you know, usually someone actually step away from the game and you know take the time off, um, you know, to undergo treatment. She stayed with it, you know, and also with the death of her husband at a you know crucial point in her career, um, with that. You know, uh, her daughter, there's so many things that you can, you know, talk about in regards to both stranger that you, you just look at her like, wow, this woman definitely defied the odds. She persevered, she made it through, and she still managed to be, you know, a bright light, a shining light in a world that sometimes seems so dark. And, you know, she definitely could motivate, 
you know, a group of women to do the same and to never give up. And, you know, no matter what situation you come from or what situation you're in. That's awesome. Her ability to persevere. She is absolutely resilient. And that's so well said. Kathy, what is Coach Stringer's strongest personal quality from your point of view? I, I think it's kind of tough to just pinpoint one. You know, Essence made a great point of her perseverance. But for me, I think I think she was just born to birth a nation of young women. I think she was born to do that because the type of women that come into her life that she raised from 18 to 21, it, I mean, it's just we've all turned into something special. And I think God has given her that purpose specifically designed for her and nobody will be able to handle the girls that she's handled and still manage to be in their lives after 15, 20 years of not even playing anymore. So for me, I think that's her big quality is just her ability to, to raise young women. You know, um, on last night, they had the ceremony for Coach Stringer following the, the 1,000th victory. And the video included the, the guys from TNT, Shaq, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, and then the coaches who are already in the 1,000 win club. Kobe Bryant pops up. Whoopi Goldberg pops up. You know, the governor of the state of New Jersey is there. The former, you know, athletic director is Bob McKay, who made her a million-dollar coach, is there. It was just an unbelievable moment. Beth Bass, the former executive director of the WBCA, was there. And Danielle Donahue from the WBCA and Carol Stiff from ESPN. I mean, Renee Brown from the WNBA. It was Don Staley and her staff was there. Um, former coaches like Jolette Law and Marianne Freeman and it was absolutely incredible. Angie Lee from Iowa, just one of the most beautiful sights that one could see. And Kathy, you and Essence both have alluded to it, but for Coach, it's always been about more than just the win. Mm -hmm. And you could see the relationships and the people who treasure her and she treasures them. What do you all treasure most about your your relationship with Coach Stringer? Like when people say, hey, that's my coach. What makes that relationship with her so special more than that of just a basketball coach? Can you help people to kind of see the essence of who she is and what she means to you? Maybe there's a story you have to share um, about your relationship and when you knew that it was truly an authentic relationship that would withstand the test of time? Man, uh, wow. I mean, when I was being recruited, you know, to, to go to Rutgers by Coach Stringer, um, she actually took, like, a, a non-traditional route with me. Uh, she knew I loved music. I was, you know, classically trained since I was in like nine. And, uh, what she did was she, she said, you know, I have to promise to come there if she learned how to play, like, the first movement of, like, the Moonlight Sonata. And I'm thinking that that's no way, like, it's never going to happen because she travels so much. There's no time. That's something that you have to sit down and study. And once I uh, 
And then once I, I went on my official visit, she, you know, stepped down her piano and she asked me to play the first movement. And I was like, this lady is serious. Like, she's dedicated. Once she commits to someone or something, she, you know, she, she comes through. She follows through with her words. Um, and that in itself, that just made me realize that it's someone that I could trust. Um, and from that point on, I knew that she would always have my back. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, uh, and, you know, they both have passed on and gone on. And, you know, she made sure she was there at, at both homegrown sewing services, even after I had already left the program and, you know, well into my WNBA career. You know, she always maintained that connection, that family connection. I really appreciate that about her because she's like a mother. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot more athletes need that in their lives. It's not only about the game of basketball, but it is about the game of life. I love that. Thank you, Essence. Cappy, what do you most treasure? And is there a story or something related that keeps you connected to her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can think about my junior year. Um, I, I, my cousin was uh, murdered in Chicago, um, and I was very devastated, you know, because he was like a brother to me. And I didn't, I didn't know how to function in life after that for a long period of time. And I was in a dark space. You know, I didn't care about school. I didn't care about basketball. I was just totally confused on why, you know, such a great person was murdered. And I got kicked out of school because I stopped doing my schoolwork. And Coach Stringer, I, I was literally going back to go back to Chicago and probably do nothing, you know, because I was I was that I was I was such in a dark place at a young age, and I just remember Coach Stringer calling my mom and saying, "Cappy is not coming home. Cappy is going to get a job. Cappy is going to get reinstated back in school, and I'm going to make sure it happens." You know, my mind, I'm not thinking. I'm I'm being you know young teenager. I'm being a young adult at this time, and I'm just like. You know, Coach, like, I really don't care, you know? Like, I don't even care anymore. And just her love that she poured on me for the next several months is a time that I'll never, ever forget. Because um, it was a moment where my mom wasn't even able to be there for me because she was li- living in Chicago. So, you know, I just remember the people that she constantly p- put around me to make sure that I was focused on getting back into school. And I just remember um, just her checking in with me every single day, making sure I was okay, make sure I got some food, make sure I was working out, just preparing myself to come back in school. And I just remember that being like, when I came back, I remember it was so fulfilling because we worked so hard in the short period of time that I was there that we were able to make a successful um, end of the season, um, going into the final four or whatever, you know, our position was in the NCAA tournament. But I just remember her just, Shielding me with so much love, you know, the love that, the kind of love that I needed from my mom, but it was her. Wow. Kathy, I'm almost in tears listening to Oh, man, story. I'm in tears talking about it all the time. <laughs> that is, like, incredible. I have a picture on my wall of a guy, a painting of a guy reaching over the wall like a hand pulling up another person. And you can't see faces. All you can see is a hand. I think the United Way also has like this thing that says people aren't asking or looking for a handout, just a hand. But the title of this picture or the caption, it says, He Ain't Heavy by Gilbert Young. And for me, that's kind of what Coach Stringer has represented. She's been pulling all of us up. 
And what's crazy is it's not just one of us she's pulling up, but it's all of us. And the thought that we have not been too heavy for her to give all of herself to us. And she says day after day, you know, she ain't heavy. We ain't heavy. You're not heavy. I got you. And I think we all love her so much for that. Um, what do you think about um, at the end of the national championship game, the ESPN interviewed Arike Ngumawale, and she said, if you want to come to Notre Dame, if you want to win championships, come to Notre Dame. If you want to win championships, you know, if you, if you go to play for Coach Stringer, what do you win? What do you gain? What do you earn? Man, I learned so much in life. Um, you know, just, you know, what I alluded to earlier, just the, the game of life. You know, it, with playing for Coach Stringer, it goes beyond the game of basketball. Um, of course, we all love the game of basketball. We're all passionate about it. But one thing that Coach Stringer has taught us that, you know, life is bigger than, you know, than this sport. It's about what you're going to do for the for the next generation, for the next person. How are you an asset to society? So if you want to learn to build character, learn how to win in life, be successful in life as a person, as a human being, whether it's a, being a mother, whether it's being, uh, you know, uh, a sister, an auntie, you know, she, she definitely teaches you how to do that in a loving and caring way and and not only be that, but also be able to exploit your talent at the same time. Um, that's not a knock to any other program um, in the country at all. It's just, you know, it's just a little tidbit of, hey, life is more than basketball. You know, we aren't. Basketball, you know, basketball players, you know, we play basketball, but that's not who we are. We're human first. You know, and you know, I think that we, especially in, in the state that we are in as a society at this point, it is very intricate. I mean, it is very, you know, important for us to learn how to be better human beings. And Essence, I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm thinking that, you know, basketball is not a, basketball is not a game. It's life. Let me show you the way. Let me exactly. show you how to play. Because I think with everything that Coach has done, she's shown us how to not just play the game of life, but how to win at it. Hey, Kathy, this is a question I'd like you to answer, and then mm-hmm. um, and then we'll wrap up. But I would love to know, maybe both of you, because you're in the entertain, you're in that LA space. Last question: um, If there was a movie written about Coach or a, a film. If Oprah Tyler Perry did a movie about Coach Stringer's life, who do you think should play the starring role of C. Vivian Stringer, and what might be the theme song? Oh, that's that's too hard. That's too. Hard. Answer either one. Answer either one. Who might play the starring role? And Essence is in the music, so Essence, you might tell me who. What might be the the, the theme song? So, Kathy, who might play C. Vivian Stringer in a movie? Uh, I'll probably have to go with Yaya right now because she's, like, young. And, you know, she she is a reflection of Coach Stringer in terms of, like, if you're just first looking at her. So I would say Yaya from um, – she 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 was on um, 
top model, but then she moved into the space of uh, act, acting. So now I, w- I would definitely go with her. The theme music, I can let Essence answer that. But, I mean, I don't know. I think if, if she was to have a movie about her life, it would it would definitely change so many people's lives. It would inspire so many people. And I think I'm glad we put that in the air because she deserves it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I see Angela Bassett playing her in her kind of later years. And I can't even imagine who would be able to get it done in those early years with so many people out there. Hey, what what you think, Essence? What would be our theme song? Oh, uh, well, well, one of Coach Stringer's favorite songs is Dan by Donnie McClurkin. Um, I think that'll probably finish out the movie. Um, in the beginning of the movie, uh, we're thinking about, like, a soundtrack. You know, we'll have, like, some Stevie Wonder, uh, like, his earlier days. Just because those are things, those are songs and, you know, artists that she that she loves. Um and I, I can, like Happy said, I'm glad that we're putting this into the air and, and uh, putting this into the universe, and hopefully we can manifest some good energy and it, it actually happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Donnie McClurkin's stand uh, for her theme song because she's just a person. I like so it. And then with her book, Steve Vivian Stringer, the book about her life story is called Standing Tall, and it's still available on Amazon and and any place where you can buy a book like Barnes and Nobles and so that that would be that would be great. I like that stand. And I agree with you both. It would be a story that would be well told as have been your careers have been well played. And I know that Co Stringer loves you both dearly. Um and I just wanna thank you for your time, for your love, and for your dedication and commitment to the game. You both have been incredible role models, and um, I love you. Oh, thank you. I love you, too. Thank you, Love you, too. Katie Abrahamson Henderson is someone that I had an opportunity to play with my freshman year at Iowa, and Katie had transferred back in from the University of Georgia. She's homegrown from the state of Iowa. And because of that, you can understand why she would want to get away from the snow. (laughs) But I am really (laughs) grateful that um, Katie decided to come back. And it's funny. She didn't just get away from the snow. She's now living in Orlando, Florida with Mickey and Minnie and coaching at the University of Central Florida. But today I wanted to ask you, Katie, um, when you decided to leave Georgia, you could have gone anywhere in the country that you wanted to go. Um, you were just that well thought of and highly sought after as a player. What made you decide to come back home and play for Coach Stringer at the University of Iowa? Yeah, I mean, it's such a, you know, the recruiting process is it's, it's a lot. And so at the time, you know, I, I thought in my head as a young person that I wanted to leave home and actually coach Stringer had just got the job on the tail end of me making my college decision. So I didn't know a whole lot about her. And I, as a young person, I thought I want to get away from home, you know, and that was what I really thought. And then I left home and then I realized home is where my heart is and my family and everything. And 
And so I spent, you know, some really good years at Georgia, two years at Georgia, had a lot of a playing experience, but it was more so I was just so far from my family and that was really big. And so having known Coach Stringer and uh, Mariana Freeman was the assistant coach there and, and knowing my family was close and knowing Coach Stringer was a family person and, you know, and obviously she had the staff, the program had built up after two years and it was still a great program. And so, you know, I was very, very lucky that um, Coach Stringer uh, was willing to take me back. And we actually had played in the NCAA tournament. Georgia played in the NCAA tournament. Iowa was there at a different playing in the in a different game. And so all the Iowa coaches saw me again. And, you know, everybody was just awesome. And so after that year, I decided, you know, maybe I wanted to go back home. And so I'm very grateful that Coach Stringer and her coaches took me back. Katie, I also would ask you that I felt like there were so many lessons that we learned along the way. And you and I both had the pleasure of playing with Michelle Edwards when she was the National Player of the Year. And there were some core lessons that Coach Stringer, I think, deposited into us. I'm not sure, but is there anything that you have taken from your experience as a player with her that you now attempt to transfer or make deposits into your own players at Central Florida, as well as, you know, from Albany or Southeast Missouri State. You, you've been at this for a while, but what is it that you've carried with you? Yeah, I think there are, you know, I've, I've been very blessed to play, play for two Hall of Fame coaches and work with some Hall of Fame coaches, too, and I feel like I've taken some from everyone. And from Coach Stringer, I think two of the biggest things for me that I still in, still in my players here at UCF and at Albany and, you know, wherever I've been is family first. I mean, that was something that was huge for Coach Stringer. And that's just not our initial family. That's our basketball family, university family, the athletic department family, you know, our, our teammates, our sisterhood, you know, the coaches, it's everything. I mean, that family thing. I mean, I have family up on my walls here in my office at UCF. I have family first. It's one of our pillars for the programs and recruiting. So I think that's first. And I think the second biggest one is Coach Stringer uses different words, but mine is empowering young women. I mean, and that she doesn't want her women to feel less and on the basketball court, but also in life. That is one of her biggest things. She's just, Coach Stringer just does not want any woman to feel like they're less in the world and so she really instilled that in me she still instilled that in you she instilled that in all of our players that you know basketball is going to end and so when you prepare yourself for life I don't want you to feel less so you got to empower yourself we got to empower you as strong young women to go out in the world and be great be great in whatever you choose to do and I think that word and I use empowering all the time I think that's something that she really instilled in me and she really instilled in everybody else. I like that. If you had to say, because the team unity thing was really big for us as players, and we didn't just say the words, we lived those words. Mm-hmm. And even till today, I think that we all know that if we needed each other, we could count on one another. What would you say, in your opinion, will be Coach Stringer's legacy now as a coach, as a very successful coach, who you have led your team to conference championships. You've 
won a WNIT championship. And you understand and you get it that winning is important. Mm -hmm. But I think you said a moment ago, it's not everything. What do you think, in your opinion, will be Coach Stringer's legacy to the game? I think a great leader, a great role model, a great fighter for women in sports, a great fighter for diversity and, and, and um, inclusion in women in sports. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, all the things that over the years, I mean, she started out coaching at Chaining where she didn't even get paid. And she fought for women there and fought for their uniforms and fought for everything. And then she came to Iowa and you know, she fought for us and everything we did. And being that role model and being as a young woman and you watching her, me watching her, me watching her as a wife and me watching her as a mother, me watching her going through struggles, but still staying strong and never letting her failures um, define her. She's just, you know, tough times never last, but tough people do. That was her. And so she was such a great role model in our eyes watching her. And so when we saw her, you know, some struggles and she didn't really bring it to us that much, but we saw them. It made us stronger and made us want to fight for her, you know, and I think she's done that at Rutgers too. And all the things that, that she's been through there. And there's other things she's been through that she probably didn't tell a lot of us, but she's such a fighter and she's such a um, strong, young, um, strong, strong human being that I think as young women, of every race, every nationality, every ethnicity, that you look to somebody like that as a role model, because women don't have a lot of strong role models in the world today. And so that's what I look at her as, like a really strong role model. And you can, you could be any race, nationality, ethnicity, whatever, and you can find something about her that she, you want to be like her, because there's just so many positives, and she's just so strong. She's just you know, itty bitty woman, but she's just so, at least I feel like she's strong. I never saw her be weak. I never saw her down. I never saw her do any of those things. And so she was such a great role model to all of us. It still is. It still is. When you hear her speak, you just, you just, you just get and feel empowered because as a woman, you want to be that in life and not let anybody make you feel less. I think that is an incredible response. That is a really good response. You talk about Coach Stringer being a fighter and not wanting us to always even know what she was dealing with. When she was battling breast cancer while a head coach at Rutgers, her staff didn't even know she was leaving the state to go and get her treatments, and they just thought she changed her hairstyle like black women do. We can kind of transform into all of these different um, people based on our hair, but I love, I think India Ari had a song, I Am Not My Hair, and mm -hmm. Coach Stringer proved that even though she's very genteel and very professional and very classy and very ladylike, that mm -hmm. something like hair would not define her or her look because mm -hmm. her look and her beauty always resonated from the inside out. And I just like the choice of the word fighter because she's a survivor. And Katie, you've been surviving as well. And I'm just so proud. And I know that Coach Stringer is proud of the job that you're doing and that you chose to enter the profession that she made her life assignment. So thank you for taking time away from practice. Is there anything else you would want to say that maybe we didn't capture? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's not a lot of because I'm a head coach in this business, and there's not a lot of people left that is that are gonna reach a thousand wins. I mean, that's crazy. That's a remarkable feat, and I don't think in this business anymore that coaches are gonna be have that staying power. I mean, she has big time staying power because she knows what she's doing, but more importantly. Um, she has a lot of staying power because she really is fighting for women and, and equality for women and, and in this sport. And, 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 and I think that a thousand wins, I mean, that's, that's a hall of fame coach. That's, that, that's very hard to come by. I don't even know what mine is, maybe 400. And I will definitely not make it to a thousand. That's a long way away. And I'm, I'm getting older. So what she's done is remarkable at all the places she's been to be able to get to a thousand. That's, that's just amazing. I would agree with you. I concur. I concur. Well, babe, you're on your way to at least getting to 500 in the next few years. So (laughs) just know that all of your CVS sisters are rooting you on and that I love you. You have a great day at practice. Okay. Thank you. Love you too. We just want to send a huge thank you to Felicia Hall Allen and all of the guests who have made this podcast so special. We hope the fans enjoyed it. We hope uh, you now have a better idea of the impact of Coach C. Vivian Stringer. Congratulations to Coach Stringer on 1K. Good luck to Rutgers uh, through the rest of this season. And uh, we hope that you will continue to download and listen to Around the Rim podcast. You can find us on the ESPN app or whatever podcast app you use. Just go and search Around the Rim. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Around the Rim Pod. You can email us at Around the Rim Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, I am at LaChina Robinson. Tarika is at she knows sports underscore. So hit us up with comments, ideas, thoughts, suggestions. Um, share us. Uh, but thank you so much. But before we go, um, you've been hearing snippets of an interview that Coach Stringer had with our Jay um, of ESPN. And we're going to finish off this podcast with the rest of that interview. Uh, we are grateful to Jay and, and to Coach Stringer for the sharing, and um, we hope that you pick up even more nuggets than you already have throughout this podcast. So we hope you enjoyed the interview, and we will uh, see you next week. Sports Center all night on ESPN Radio. I'm Jay Reynolds, joined now by Coach C. Vivian Stringer, who picked up career win number 1,000 earlier tonight, as you know, becoming just the fifth coach in women's basketball history, sixth in D1, ninth overall. Coach, what does this achievement mean to you? Oh, man. You know, uh, it means that uh, that I've lived long. I've had tremendous people that have been tremendously supportive, and uh, God has allowed me to uh, be surrounded with people that really believe uh, in the vision that, that I've been able to share, and uh, I'm grateful. I, I'm truly grateful. You talk about the people who who have been supportive. There were there were some noteworthy people in the stands tonight. You had the the governor, South Carolina coach Don Staley. What does that say to you? Well, you know what? Uh, I, I feel fortunate. I, I wonder why. Wow, you know, like I appreciate that anyone would take the time. I, I appreciate the fans that came out. I, I appreciate uh, so many of of my coaches that uh, that I was a part of that that came in from Iowa City. And players that came in from Iowa City are recognized. One of my sisters and, and brothers that came from everywhere. I had a player that, that flew in from Hawaii. It's like, wow. Well, I mean, it lets me know that, you know, like maybe I'm doing some things right. 
and people cared enough to uh, to want to smile and celebrate. And I am so grateful, and I appreciate that uh, that they did that. Um, and you know, sometimes you know they say, "Well, you can never know what you mean uh, until something happens." But I'm grateful that everybody shows me their love and who um, who what they think of me now. And uh, I can never thank you and and all the people who've given me that that great benefit uh, as, uh, enough. Rutgers beating Central Connecticut State earlier tonight, giving Coach C. Vivian Stringer win number 1,000. Uh, we mentioned there's not a lot of coaches who have a comma in their win total. Uh, what do you remember about win number one? Everybody asked me that question, and I really, and honestly, goodness, I cannot tell you because uh, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I was just so excited. I was so excited, fortunate, but uh, but I, honestly, I, I don't remember Win, win number one. I, if I had known that we were going to reach this milestone, then I would have paid attention to it, and then I would have a point of reference. <laughs> um, it, you know what? You, when you think about it, it's all in, in, in you know hindsight. Um, but I, I really didn't know. Uh, we had a number of schools that, that we played, but I think that, as you know, uh, we were fortunate at the time that I was coaching where the mindset of the NCA is was if you want to be the best, you have to play the best. And certainly there were no divisions. You can play division. Uh, you can be 300 students and play division one. And truly, uh, I mean, Cheney, who was uh, where I first started, we had, what, maybe two or 3,000 students. And, heck, we were playing, uh, you know, Tennessee and uh, Maryland and Penn State and all the rest of them because what we knew is it really didn't matter where you come from. It, 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 it is where, you know, where you're going and what you do with what you have. And as long as they have five and we've got five and they've got a ball out there and we've got officials, let's play. And that's been our, that's been our, our, our mindset. And, you know, as long as we can continue to influence young people like that, uh, with that same mindset and, and not mind about, you know, money or anything, equipment, nothing, let's just play. Then I, I feel very fortunate to do at the coach this game that I love so much. And it certainly has progressed and developed over the course of the years. And but you mentioned the mindset of the players, and and given their age, you know they're human beings. How is coaching a game like this, where there's a milestone and outside pressure? How, how does coaching change for you in keeping the players focused? Uh, well, you know there, there are a lot of uh, a lot more things that are going on, on television. There's a lot more attractions. That is um, opportunities. For the player to, to play at the next level. There's parents that are involved. They send money, you know, uh, to, to their children to training camps and, you know, helping them become more specialists in, uh, in, in what they do uh, with an eye toward playing at the next level. I, I sort of like it better when you just play for the sake of playing. That's all. Just play for the sake of playing. That's it. Coach Steve Vivian Stringer picking up career win number 1,000 tonight with the win over Central Connecticut. Uh, Coach, congratulations, and thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio. Thank you so much, so much. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.